Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Good morning, everybody. It's day 67 of our 90-day challenge. How you doing? The topic for today is all or nothing. Be careful to do what it says, then you will truly be successful. First Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the 31st verse, and then First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And that ends our reading for today. The topic again is all or nothing. I know it's happened to you because it's happened to all of us. We check into the hotel. The front desk clerk gives us a key card to enter the room. We go upstairs, find our room and swipe. Green light means go and we are in. We rest for a little while. Perhaps we change clothes and then we head out to get something to eat. And while in the restaurant, we inadvertently place our key next to a cell phone. No big deal. It's just a key card. But what we don't realize is that the key is sensitive to its surroundings. It matters what we place the key next to because the wrong thing may cause it to deactivate. But some of us don't know that, or if we do know it, we think our key will work anyway. So what do we do? We run upstairs to go to sleep. We can't wait to get back in our rooms. We can see the pillow and the bed. We arrive to our room, slide the card in and red light no access. We try it again. Red light. No access. We look up to see if we are swiping the right room. We know by the second swipe it isn't going to work, but we do it again just in case. Finally, after multiple unsuccessful attempts, we drag our feet downstairs to get another key. Public service announcement. Your heart is a lot like that hotel key. 
You can't place it next to just anything or anyone and expect it not to affect the sensitivity of your soul. Your heart is delicate. Your heart is fragile. The more you give yourself to things that will deactivate your entry, disrupt your momentum, and discontinue your progress, the more energy you will waste dragging your feet back to the front desk to ask for yet another key. And for many of us, that front desk is very similar to the altar in church. Every Sunday, we run back to the altar asking God for a new heart, a new mind, and a new desire to do his will. But the question you must ask yourself today is who am I hanging around? That may be the root cause to this consistent pattern of denied access. When Paul wrote this letter to the church at Corinth, the entire community found themselves connecting with things that were deactivating their access. To put it plainly, the church at Corinth was a mess. When I counted all the issues Paul had to address, I found 14 problems. Partisanship, incest, prostitution, celibacy within marriage, Christians married to one another asking for divorce, Christians married to pagans asking for divorce, questions surrounding marriage and remarriage, lawsuits, idolatry, concerns about women praying and prophesying in immodest ways, chaos in worship with speaking in tongues and competing voices, inequality in the communal meal, denials of the bodily resurrection of Jesus and of Christians and the collective of a large sum of money to be sent to Jerusalem. Corinth needed a cleansing. Corinth needed a reset. My aunt used to wash my mouth out with soap whenever I misbehaved. And when I read this epistle, I feel like Paul is doing everything he can to keep from washing out their mouths with soap. <laughs> but how you do anything is how you do everything. The church in Corinth didn't know the value of their key. They couldn't just do whatever they wanted to and then receive God's best. They needed to be all in. That is why I believe Paul cut to the chase and said this, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. In other words, be the kind of worshiper whom God can trust. Be the kind of worshiper who is all in. Have character when no one else sees you and character when everyone knows you. Be the kind of worshiper who loves the way 1 Corinthians 13 teaches us to love and if you stop to count, you will discover 14 characteristics of love in 1 Corinthians 13. Wow. So one for every issue Paul had to confront, which means for every unlikable problem, God gave us a lovable solution. Worshiper, when you say I love you, that means you are willing to demonstrate all 14 of these characteristics, first to yourself and then to others. A blessed person loves like Jesus. A blessed person is not one who manipulates power. A blessed person is one who will resist sometimes and walk alone at other times. A blessed person is one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. A blessed person is one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. They walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Check out those verbs. Walk, stand, sit. Pay attention to who you walk with, because if they can convince you to walk with them, then they will lure you into standing next to them. And if you stand long enough, eventually you'll have to sit with them. 
I honestly believe that some people just need to be left alone. Today, I pray that God will give you the gift of goodbye. I pray that God will give you the power to let go when it's time to let go. Greater will come after you pronounce a benediction over some things. But until you do, you'll be stuck between access and deactivation. You'll be living in a spiritual purgatory, waiting for something to push you out of neutral. Goodbye is a God-sized gift that releases us from the man-sized pressure to be something we are not. Goodbye is a God-sized gift that releases us from the man-sized pressure to be something we are not. Goodbye is a God-sized gift that releases us from the man-sized pressure to be something we are not. Embrace it, accept it, enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with your key. There's nothing wrong with your heart. If you wanna avoid another trip to the front desk, value your heart enough to leave some things alone. Give God your everything and do it all for his glory. So what is your worship work today? This is fun. How well do you love others according to 1 Corinthians 13? I want you to write down all 14 attributes of love. Then I want you to replace the word love with your name. So love is patient. Sean is patient. Love is kind. Sean is kind. After you make a list of all the attributes of love, I want you to score yourself to see how patient you are, how kind you are, how much you do not boast. Until you rate yourself on all 14 of these attributes, rate yourself from one to five, five being the highest, which means you do that well. And one means I need to work on this more. The point of this is to help you see how well you love others. And then ask somebody you trust to score you as well. Be all 